Great chiropractors and physical therapists are under constant pressure of declining insurance reimbursements and long hours. But did you know there's a way to double your profit without working more? By building a gym onto your practice, you can earn more income, stabilize your business, and be a hero to your family, patients, and team. It's a big undertaking with a huge reward. Dr. Josh Satterley has done it, changed his life, and now wants to help you do the same. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio, where we help you add a gym onto your current clinic and get the benefits of recurring revenue, happy patients, happy clients, and a lifestyle that you've dreamt of. I am your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I am honored today to be on with Tyler Garns. Hey, Tyler. Hey, how's it going, Josh? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Now, Tyler, where are you uh, calling in from? Uh, Our office is in Carlsbad, California. Heartbreaking, my friend. I mean, are you sure you can survive uh, another day at one of the most beautiful places in the world? Actually, today is a rough day. It's probably down to about sixty-five, and there's a little bit of cloud in the sky. So, oh, well, uh, all those listeners it. that are all the <laughs> listeners up in Minnesota and Chicago and Maine, they're they're uh, they feel for you, buddy. Yeah, it's really bad. I'm sure they do. Yeah. So Tyler uh, is the uh, founder and CEO of Box Out Marketing, and it's a. Uh, I'll let you give your your history, but to me, Box Out Marketing is a group of people that understand gyms and fitness centers and help. Uh, take them and help them really leverage their marketing when it's somebody running around crazy, working with clients all day long and simplifying things. Do I have it about right there, Tyler? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, Tyler uses some different products and we're going to talk about some things, but I met Tyler literally sitting down in Huntington Beach, um, you know, a few steps from the beach at an event. And one of the great things is that Tyler just brings clarity to what can seem like an overwhelming situation. So, Let's uh, let's go back, Tyler. How did you get started into the world of marketing? Because you you were actually going to be a dentist or something. Yeah, I actually went uh, to school pre-med. Uh, I was planning on going into transplant surgery, of all things. And um, when, uh, when I was in college, started working at an internet startup. Um, and I wasn't real sure when I was done with college if I wanted to go into medicine or keep doing this internet stuff. And I decided to keep doing the internet stuff. So that was almost 20 years ago. Um, but I took a little detour back into the medical arena a little bit. Um, did pharmaceutical sales for a little while. But a little over 10 years ago, um, started working uh, for a company called Infusionsoft uh, that, as you know, does marketing software. And uh, I was running the marketing team there. And so that's how I really got started. And then about five years ago, started our agency uh, as, we, as we know it now, Box Out Marketing. Fantastic. So, so that everybody has a perspective here, this is perfect. We have a guy with basically a biology degree who got into marketing and computers. So we won't feel like fish out of water in this conversation because most of the people listening probably have a similar degree. Yeah, absolutely. I always tell people, look, uh, marketing is, is not something that you need to go to school for. It's more something you just have to kind of learn on the job. Because um, people who go to school for it, I've hired people who with marketing degrees and they don't necessarily know any more than the rest of us. Um, it's all theoretical in school. And uh, what, what you learn, you know, real life, day-to-day practice is what's most important. Fantastic. Well, uh, I, uh, I know that you have a history with uh Infusionsoft, and you also have worked with uh, NPE, which is a pretty big fitness consulting company. But let's go back to your early days at Infusionsoft. I think you have a great story. Can you kind of tell us what you started with there? Because a lot of people hear, oh, huge software startup, all their, you know, investors are throwing millions of dollars at marketing. And that just wasn't the case, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now Infusionsoft is doing over $100 million a year. So yeah, when people hear, oh, you, know, you, you manage marketing at Infusionsoft, that's a totally different situation than I'm in. Um, and I always have to remind people, well, it wasn't back then. You know, when I started in 2007, uh, I, I started out as the internet marketing manager and then a couple months later became the director of marketing. And at that point, they gave me a budget. And that budget, that advertising budget was $300 a month. Um, so what had been going on is the previous director of marketing had been spending all of the money on trade shows and things like that. And it wasn't producing a return. And I had been pushing for a while, hey, we need to be doing more on the internet. And uh, so they said, all right, we're willing to test this out. Here's 300 bucks. And if you can turn that $300 into more than $300, then we'll consider giving you some more. And uh, so that was, uh, that was an interesting time. And that's not much money. Most business owners, I would say, can come up with $250 to $500. No matter you know, how bootstrapped your business is, you can come up with that amount of money every month to put into marketing. And if you can, then, and, and you can commit to it and be consistent in it, then you're going to figure out a way to grow. Um, so box out, box out marketing will take a person that's spending $300 and turn them into a $100 million company a couple years. That's all it takes, right? <laughs> no, he's no, that good, everybody. I mean, he's amazing. Yeah, I wish that would be really nice <laughs> if we could do that uh, every time. But um, now, how many, know, sorry, how many people are sitting around at 2007 at this you know, internet startup? Just for perspective here. Uh, there were about 40 of us there at the okay. time. So, so they started in 2004, had grown the business in three years into a, a small team there. Uh, now there's like 700 employees, you know. Yeah, but I want everybody to think, I mean, most of the people listening are like, they, they're a clinician, so they're a chiropractor, physical therapist. They're sitting there, they probably have a couple staff members, maybe a total team of five to maybe nine. Um, but these things start small, right? So if you have five to nine and, and that person can invest 200 to $500 a month, like you're saying, Take us down the path of how did you grow that? Because it sounds like a huge jump, right? Oh, I had $300 and now they're a $100 million company. Take us down the path of how that worked. Yeah. So really, this is where the, uh, the science background actually does help. Um, because it's a matter of just you know, systematically testing and tweaking. That's really all it comes down to. So, and failing um, a lot, right? Like just recognizing, failing, hey, that absolutely. failed, move on. Absolutely. Failing a ton. I mean, I can't tell you how many dollars I've spent, how many campaigns I've run that have absolutely failed, but you learn from those and you move on and then you do some things that work and you learn from that and you move on. And over time, your ability to start with a more educated guess and actually, you know, do decent right out of the gates increases because of uh, the learnings that you've, that you've gained over, over time. So uh, really what it comes down to is, is running a campaign you know, spending those few bucks, running a campaign and determining, hey, did that make me money or lose me money? And if it made me money, I'm going to do more of it. And if it lost me money, I'm going to take that same money and I'm going to try it in something else next time. Um, now, it sounds so simple, but that really is the process. Well, that's what I love about you. You know, Albert Einstein said, uh, what does he say? Idiots make things complicated, but geniuses simplify. And you're a person that has simplified because I think in this world, you are a guru or a genius or whatever you want to call it. But I, but that didn't come free or easy or without a couple knocks to the chin. And that's what I appreciate about you. So let me go back. When you're saying campaign, just launch one campaign. Sometimes people go, oh, it's a huge, big green monster because they just don't understand marketing, right? Mm -hmm. But a campaign could be as simple as we're going to print these flyers and put a special phone number on the bottom and we're handing them out at a karate tournament. And 
We're just going to see how many calls we get in. That would be a marketing campaign in itself, right? Absolutely. So back at Infusionsoft, the early days, like the very first thing we were doing was offering an ebook and then a handful of, of emails would be sent after they requested the ebook, right? So we would drive some traffic to a, a page where someone could fill out a form, get an ebook, and then we would send them like three or four emails after they um, after they requested it, and and that was it. And and you know, outside of kind of the online space, there's yeah, there's tons of ways to run campaigns um, and and do them just grassroots. You don't even have to put in that three hundred dollars a month, right? You, like you're saying, just print up some flyers and go get them out there. Just get the word out. Um, so yeah. It's like anyway, those Vistaprint commercials. As soon as you have a cool logo and a, a box of business cards, you, you've got a flourishing business, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I always crack up about Vistaprint. Like a, like a business card is going to just all of a sudden make your business into something that it's not. But <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, like you're saying, it's, it's really a campaign is any effort uh, or money that you spend to try and attract a new customer, right? And, and that could be a big, huge, complicated campaign, or it could be just one little small thing that you do. But the key is keep track of how much did I spend? And I always tell people to keep track of your time because your time is worth, is worth something. Um, and so if you're not spending money on it, figure, Hey, I spent 10 hours on this thing and my time's worth whatever it is, hundred bucks an hour. Um, and so that's a thousand dollars of investment that I'm putting into this campaign. Did I get a thousand dollars of return? If not, then I need to look at doing something else. Now it's important uh, to have rep- clear reporting, right? Because that thousand dollars might not come back in the first week or first month, but six months down the road, it might actually be pretty uh, beneficial. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So understanding the, uh, the sales cycle in your business is really important. You're right. Because sometimes you might just generate some leads and you have no revenue to show for it yet, but yeah, three months down the road, six months down the road, those leads turn into customers. And then now you do have a return. So oftentimes I'll run a campaign, um, for a short time, turn it off, then just watch the leads for a little while. And if they start buying, then I realize, okay, that campaign was a, a po- it did give me a positive return. Let's go and turn it back on. But I'll yeah. wait, I'll wait that time to make sure that, that we're actually getting a return. I, I always, uh, let me humanize what you just said. I had a business partner uh, about eight years ago and he was a chiropractor as well. And he had one woman, we, 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 we looked at our our numbers and our patients and where did they come from? And we kind of backed them out. Like, where did that person come from and that person? And if you kind of go from the leaves of a tree to the branches to the trunk, we found out that 63% of his business had come from one woman referring him, right? Wow. 63%. Now, in that case, when you realize that, what, do you, what should you do? Well, I said, number one, don't ever piss her off, ever. <laughs> and number two, if she ask you to do anything. Hey, will you come to my art show? Will you, you know, walk my dog? The answer is a resounding yes. I mean, it was like, absolutely. Now, along your lines of shutting off the campaign, she ended up falling in love with a guy, moved, I don't know, 200 miles away and no longer referred. And at first, it seemed like he had a healthy business that was flourishing. But what do you think happened about three or four months later? Dead. Yeah. I mean, it was like just trickling away, trickling away. And all of a sudden that bucket is totally empty. So that's a human version of what you just said. But, you know, I'm sure a lot of people in their practice, you know, most of their referrals are coming from say a group of two or three doctors or a group of, uh, you know, personal trainers or something. And it's important to track those things so that you're never in that situation. Yeah. You know, that, that brings me to one other really key point with this too, is that, um, 
you've got to follow up well with those leads. So whether they're referrals from uh, a situation like that um, or, you know, a situation I was just describing where I'd start a campaign, run it for a short time, then turn it off. Um, that doesn't work well if you don't follow up with those leads and follow up with them continually. Um, we did some research at NPE. And so that was, you know, that's fitness businesses. And what we determined was that in any given month, when a company is following up well, uh, about 30% of the revenue is coming from leads that have come in uh, within the last year. And so imagine wow. if you're not following up, uh, yeah. that's 30, potentially 30% of your revenue that you're just not getting. And those are leads that you might've thought were dead, right? A year ago or 10 months ago or nine months ago, they came so, in. Yeah, especially in our business. I mean, you meet somebody, let's just say you meet somebody at a, a local 5K and they're running the 5K, they're not injured now, but if you're following up every week and you're in their inbox or, you know, they see you, they see you, they see you seven months from now when they, you know, Oh, I got Achilles tendonitis or I fell and my back hurts. Now they think of you. Mm -hmm. They have, it has to be an easy path. They have to remember you to end up in your office. Right. That's right. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, the other thing about automation now, the reason that I'm such a fan is when you're saying you got to follow up, follow up when you're sitting here listening to a podcast and you're well rested, you're waking up in the morning, you're at the gym. It seems like an easy idea. But at 545 tonight, when you've seen a full day of patience and you know, your, your wife is saying, hey, let's meet for dinner tonight at uh, Olive Garden and uh, you know, a swanky restaurant. But uh, these are successful practitioners listening, Tyler. But anyways, uh, so she's saying, let's meet. It's 545. You got a stack of charts. You got to finish all these notes. You got billing issues. You're talking to blah, blah, blah. And, and you only, quote unquote, only have to f- follow up with five people today. That's really tough when you're bone dead tired, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and like you said, automation is, is so important in these situations. The good thing is for small business owners who are bootstrapping it is that the, the cost of that automation has come down quite a bit. But even if you can't afford it, I would say like you've got to figure out a way to follow up with those five people because it, it will make all the difference long term in the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that that's what you help people with. Um, but along those lines of that 30% you saw in MP, can we go into some fitness-based questions? Because I know a lot of our listeners kind of, they're looking at starting a fitness center or a gym, but they just, there's some hesitation there. Sure. Yeah. So give everybody perspective real quick. When you were at MP, how many fitness businesses were you working with? Just for those who are not familiar with it. So I was uh, VP of sales and marketing there and um, it, NPE services uh, literally thousands of fitness businesses. I didn't work with them directly. We had coaches that, that did all of that. Um, and we had sales reps that, that uh, managed the accounts and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, they've helped thousands of, of, of small fitness businesses over the years. Everyone from um, someone who is a trainer working in someone else's gym to someone who has multiple gyms, right? So all across the spectrum, they help people go from, you know, being a trainer to starting your own thing, to opening your first facility, to growing that and, and on and on and on. So that's, yeah. So a lot of our people, yeah, a lot of our people are going to be on that path or just starting down that path, you know, starting out hiring one trainer and opening a small gym or, I mean, we're talking, you know, less than 5,000 square feet. So if you were to kind of break down like a perfect, um, a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a perfect one, two, three step plan for a person when you see them just starting a gym. So this isn't, you know, you're just on that front end. What would you say the first step that you would have, you encourage people to do would be? So the first thing I would say is you've got to figure out your packaging and pricing, right? What actually are you offering? 
and how are you packaging it up and how are you, how does your pricing work? Um, a lot of people do this wrong. Um, they will sell, um, you know, a, a block of, you know, five sessions at the gym or, or five training sessions with a trainer, whatever it might be. Um, and the problem is that you have to go slay the beast every month, uh, in that situation, right? You, every month you got to go find that revenue to keep the business going. And so you want to get them into some, some type of longer term agreement, whether you sell them a bigger package and split it up with payments over the months, or you set them up on a, a, a monthly recurring type business. Um, but you will kill yourself in the fitness business if you're selling, you know, onesie, twosie things all the time and having to go find that business every single month. Well, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up, Tyler. It's, it's you're reading my mind because the reason that we're encouraging people to uh, start a gym is for that recurring monthly revenue because in chiropractic, in physical therapy, you're trying to work yourself out of job. You get that new client in and I'm trying to basically get rid of you as fast as I can because you're getting healthy, right? And so not only are you slaying the beast, you're slaying them twice as fast. And we don't want to set up a second business where you're trying to slay now two dragons every month or whatever you want to think of. Instead, yeah, let's move to that continuity model. So uh, I'm glad that you brought that up. So number one, step one, packaging and pricing, right? Yeah. And part of that packaging and pricing, of course, is, is some differentiation, right? How are you going to set up yourself uh, with a package and the pricing that is attractive to your audience compared to, oh, I'll just go to 24-hour fitness down the road or whatever else it might be, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, let, let me pull back. I, I interviewed like 20 chiropractors at one point. I said, why do people go to you? And the most common answer, which is the, the death blow was, I actually get people better. Now, what's interesting is everybody I called happened to be the people that actually get people better, right? And it's like, I don't, that's not a differentiator. Like, even if you think that that's a differentiator, it's not. But back at your time at MP, I don't know if you have any uh, stories, but do you, were there anybody that you looked at and said, man, these people are really doing a great job of differentiating themselves? Yeah, generally not. Um, <laughs> Uh, like you say, they'll, they'll say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the one who gets the results. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you a great one that has nothing to do with chiropractic or marketing or, uh, or gyms. There's a, there's a plumber up in Los Angeles called Mike Diamond. And, um, you know, it's Mike Diamond, the smell good plumber. And I just love his commercials because most of the day he does residential plumbing, right? So if you're going to a house to fix the plumbing or fix the toilet or the water heater or whatever, who are you probably working with? It's probably somebody's wife, right? She's in between working with the kids. So it's a woman. And if a guy shows up that's dirty, he smells like cigarettes and, you know, booze. Does she want to let that person into, into her house? Absolutely not. Now, Tyler, if your wife had to meet a guy that, you know, uh, at the house, are you going to be a little bit nervous about that? Like, hey, there's this, you know, unknown person in my house. Yeah, you feel a little uncomfortable. Right. So what Mike Diamond did is he goes, okay, we're dealing with women most of the time here. But we don't need to talk about, uh, we have a hundred foot, uh, you know, uh, snake that can, you know, snake any drain. She doesn't care about that. What does she care about? <laughs> smell good plumber, right? So his, his things are, my guys will show up on time. They'll smell good or you don't, or the call was free, right? Like there, it's a no lose situation. And she's a there, he's appealing to what nobody ever thought of in plumbing, which is, does the person just freaking smell good? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great example. 
Yeah. Examples. And so people, people often are trying to differentiate on the, uh, what we call the features, right? The features of what they do. And no one cares about that stuff. What they want is the benefits. In this case, it's like an ancillary benefit, right? Yes, I got my, my plumbing fixed, but I, it, it wasn't an uncomfortable situation in the meantime. So that's really cool. Yeah. And the best part is Mike Diamond is notorious for being about 25% more expensive than everybody else. But do you think your wife cares? Nope. <laughs> yeah. And so as a business owner, if you can just basically draw in 25% uh, profit margin, I'll take it every single day. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? Yeah, Sorry. I, yeah. I was just going to say for, for gyms, you know, if you're considering opening up a, a gym or starting a small fitness facility, um, you know, there's so many different things that you can, uh, differentiate, differentiate yourself on other than, you know, I, I produce results or whatever. It could be, uh, the time of the day that you're available. It could be, um, you know, the, the, special touch that your trainers have or whatever. I mean, there's so many different things that you can think of that. How about uh, we'll call you by name. You know, so many people walk into a gym and nobody even knows them and go, Hey, uh, Joe's fitness. What, we'll know your name. Like that little things like that make a huge difference. That that is a huge one for smaller facilities. That's why a lot of people go to smaller facilities because they want to be part of a community. They want to be, to feel like they're, they're important things like that. Um, When they go to big gyms, they don't get that at all. Another thing that's really common, um, for, for people going to big gyms is they feel intimidated. Um, you know, they go in and there's big old muscly guys in there and, uh, they don't go because they don't feel like they fit in. And so, you know, if you, if you position yourself as, Hey, we're just a bunch of regular people and in your marketing and your advertising, your website, whatever, it shows like regular people working out, uh, versus like the big old ripped guy or the ripped girl that looks like a fitness model or whatever. Then people feel like, Oh, that's that. I feel like I fit in here versus at the gym gym when I go and it's all these, you know, fitness model type people. Um, I, I don't feel like that's me. Right. Yeah. It, it is a, a little intimidating. And, and usually the people who are not being served at the big gyms are going to be your best customers because they'll just be like, Oh, I love this place. They make me feel comfortable. So anyway, so step one is figure out your pricing and, and your packaging. Uh, and along those lines, make sure to differentiate yourself. Don't, don't fall into the commodity trap and certainly don't think you're going to compete on price. Like that will never work for a small business. Uh, what would step two be in the, the, the Tyler Garns, uh, simplified marketing plan? So next thing is you got to get comfortable selling, right? So you, you've got to have a sales process, uh, that you follow. And you know, you were just talking about having to slay the beast every month. You, this sales process has got to be drop dead simple because eventually you're going to give it to someone else, or maybe you're going to give it to someone else right out of the gates. And one of your other team members has to be able to follow this process, but it needs to be a solid sales process. You've got to feel comfortable selling and you've got to know, um, you know, the, the packages that you're selling inside and out. And so, you know, that, that's the thing, like I would have said normally, Next step would be have a consistent flow of leads. But if who we're talking to here is people with already up and running chiropractic businesses, they have a source of leads. That's already there, uh, which is your and, and they're leads that know, like, and trust you and are super yeah. warm and, and have been in vulnerable place. And you've already overcome that hurdle, which for a lot of your customers, Tyler, that don't have a personal interaction is a huge hurdle to come over, right? Huge. Yeah. yeah. So we're starting with a huge advantage there. Yeah, major advantage. So in that case, I just go straight to, let's have a, a, a sales process that's rock solid. Uh, so you got to sit down, uh, figure out what that looks like, uh, document it, make sure there's training in place for whoever's going to deliver on this thing and, um, and practice it, probably role play it. 
uh, and make sure that it's just a really smooth, comfortable conversation. You've, like you said, you've already got a relationship with these people. So it's just a matter of sitting down, outlining what the benefits are of the, of the packages and then moving forward and selling. So let's, let's pause real quick. Cause I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a physician. I don't, I don't, I don't like selling when you go, when you have a, um, so my father-in-law goes into the doctor cause he has hip pain. They do an x-ray. They can see that his hip is totally destroyed after years of being in athletics. And they propose a solution to that, which is hip replacement. That is essentially a sales process, right? You're trying to sell hip replacement, but how did you sell it? Well, I sold it by the x-ray and then the diagnosis and knowing that the hip replacement will serve this person best. So when you know your customer and what serves them best and you put together those packages, it's not going to feel like a sleazy conversation, right? Yeah, absolutely. The key here is to focus on on the patient in this case, um, and and talk about solutions, right? So, if I were in in this situation, I would sit down with them. Say it's at the end of a, a treatment plan that you completed, and just be like, and just be having having an open conversation about, okay, how are you feeling now? I'm feeling great. Okay, great. Now let's talk about your fitness goals. You know what what your health goals. Maybe start health goals in general. Um, you know what are your health goals? Uh, do you have any fitness related goals? Um, and just let them talk. Well, yeah. You know, I know I've been needing to drop 20 pounds or whatever. I've just been struggling to do it. Okay, well, what's holding you back? And really just ask questions. It's so much more asking questions than it is selling, right? So figure out what they want, what's holding them back from what they want. And then when they're done talking, oh, you know what? That's great because we happen to have this program, you know, it costs X, Y, Z, and it's designed to help you do these four things. And that just happens to line up with their goals. Right. And so then it doesn't feel sleazy. It doesn't feel pushy or whatever. As long as you ask them, what are you, what are you hoping for? What are your goals and what's holding you back? That opens up the door perfectly for uh, you to offer the solution to their problem they've already told you about. Right. And now they have somebody they trust and that has high level of knowledge offering them a program that's going to keep them doing what they love, which is mountain biking, surfing, uh, running, playing with their grandkids, whatever it is. So they have that solution. And now it's very clear cut here. Here is the solution. Here's the hip replacement. And a lot of people are going to go, absolutely. That's exactly what I want. It's not a sales. It's not like I have to push this. Come on, Tyler, make a decision here. You know, it's, it's just, oh yeah, that sounds great. That's exactly what I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So number two, so step one, figure out your packaging and pricing and make sure that there's differentiation in there. And by the way, when it comes to the sales process, if you have somebody that's sitting there telling you, I want to lose 50 pounds in three weeks, uh, and, and you know that that's an impossibility, when you have that clear-cut differentiation and those clear packages, it's really easy to say, thank you for coming in, Mr. Smith, but we don't offer that here. I heard that down the street, uh, Joe's Fitness offers that, but here we do something a little different. Having that confidence to push away the people that just, because they, they're not going to be happy after six weeks, right? They're going to be like, hey, I didn't lose 50 pounds. And you're like, well, it's an impossibility. But because you have that clarity in your packaging, you're going to be able to turn away the people that won't appreciate what you're doing, right? Yeah, for sure. That's really important uh, to have really well defined who your target customer is. It's part of the packaging you know, process is like, hey, we're building this package for this type of customer. And, and like you say, having the confidence to say no, because uh, they will never be happy. Right. So step one, package pricing. Step two was have a uh, uh, what, what, what did you say? Defined sales process, sales process. Okay. And step three. 
step three, and again, I would normally put this the other way around, but step three, um, I'm going to say have a, a lead capture and follow-up process in place. So uh, the leads are different for you guys because you already have your, your existing Cairo patients, but you may start to then advertise the, the gym portion directly, right? So you need, Absolutely. A way to, yeah. you need a way to bring in those leads and you need a way to follow up with them. Um, so you need a process there that, that allows you without being too burdensome to, uh, to follow up with all those you know, past patients as well as new people that show, have shown interest in your gym and, uh, and stay in touch with them so that when the timing is right, they know who to come to. All right. So, so I'm a little worried here and I really want to keep this simple. Um, we're saying a lead capture process. Let's, let's uh, take that out of marketing lingo, right? Can you just tell people what are leads, prospects, and customers so that we have some organizational thought there? Sure. I, I generally uh, consider leads as anyone who has um, shown interest in what you have in any way, shape, or form. So they may have shown interest directly in your gym services, or they may have shown interest in some information that you offer about getting fit or about your Cairo services or whatever. So just but these are not, not people that have spent money yet, right? They haven't right. come in for an appointment or anything like that. Okay. Exactly. And then a prospect is typically someone who's gone to the next level. They've raised their hand. They said, yeah, you know, I'd like to talk to you about this. So maybe it's a lead who requested some information from your website or they called in and they asked about the gym. Um, and then later they, they say, Hey, can I come in and meet with you about this? Like you have a consultation with them. That's a prospect who's like, you know, they're, they're closer now to actually, um, you know, signing up for, for your services. And then of course, they've taken some step to move towards becoming a customer, right? Yeah. And then a customer is, is someone who's paid. So, um, (laughs) when we talk about, uh, leads and prospects and and customers and having a, a, a system for all of that, um, it's just, it's just really, really important that you get organized, uh, with that stuff or else what happens is, when you go out and you spend money to advertise or effort or whatever to, to get new leads in the door, if you're not tracking all of that and having a system for follow-up, then you're really just flushing a lot of that effort and a lot of that money down the drain because so many people will not sign up right now, but they will in three months, six months, nine months down the road. And so um, having that in place is going to make all of your efforts um, be totally optimized versus just flushing that money down the toilet. Yeah, I think I love the analogy of you walk up to an apple tree, there's going to be some apples that are ripe today, but there's going to be a lot of apples that aren't going to be ripe for in in what you just said, three, six, nine months, right? And you want to make sure that you're walking up to that apple tree every day going, hey, is there any ripe fruit here? And when there is, you pick it. And that's what you're saying about the follow-up, right? Is it provides that place where you can tell that person, hey, I know yesterday you weren't interested, but how about today? No. How about tomorrow? No. You go back the next day. Are you interested today? And one of the days they're going to say, oh my God, thank I'm so glad that you called me. Oh my, I'm so glad you sent me an email. You know, my foot's killing me. My back's killing me. I need to come in. Or I, I just left a gym because the trainer was really mean to me or he disrespected me and I, I want a new gym. You have to be ready for them or in front of them to really have, for them to have that ability to come in for you, right? Yeah, I'd say fitness is one of those things, kind of like saving for retirement. That's like <laughs> always back there, but people push off, right? And they, they push it off. There's always something more important. There's always something more important. But eventually the day comes where it's like, okay, I'm putting my foot down. I've got to get to the gym. Or, okay, I finally need to actually set up a plan to save for retirement. It's like something that everyone knows they have to do 
but they, they always procrastinate it. So it's always there. And so it's not a big deal to be following up with them because it's a reminder of something that they already know they need to do. Yeah. And, and I, again, I want to keep this simple. So Tyler, his company, Box Out Marketing, can take this all and put in these hugely automated solutions and, and, and really build a Ferrari. But let's just talk about like a wagon, like a red radio flyer wagon. This process that Tyler's talking about, and Tyler, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I could have a gym and just say, hey, every Wednesday night at 6 p.m., we have a foam rolling clinic. It lasts 30 minutes. It's totally free. Just come on down. Now, everywhere I go, I go to church, I go to dinner parties, I go to restaurants, I go to my kid's little league game. I can invite anybody and everybody to this foam rolling clinic, right? Oh, my foot hurts. Hey, you should come to our foam rolling clinic. There's no cost. So every week I have these people that come in my door, right? For this free foam rolling clinic. Now the, the free foam rolling clinic is my quote unquote lead magnet in a way, right? I'm trying to get leads in the door to take me up. Mm-hmm. Now, if they walk in and front desk person just, hey, what's your name? Oh, Tyler Garns. Okay, I write down. And Tyler, can I get your, ad- your email address? We just want to follow. I'm going to send you an email with the stretches we do tonight listed out. Does that sound good? Cool. And you go, absolutely. So now I have a list of these people, are my leads, right? I'm capturing them. And then they leave my foam rolling. They're not signing up for an appointment. There's no expectation they're joining a gym. They're just going to leave, right? So now what you're saying is if, if I could just be as simple as sending out a weekly email going, I know you, you know, you foam rolled, here's some more foam rolling tips. And the next week, you know what? A lot of people ask us about foot pain. Here's some foam rolling tips for foot pain. Super simple, super easy. At some point, one of those people is going to go, you know what? I, I appreciate it. I like that gym. I went in there. Those people are all nice. Uh, my wife keeps complaining about her hip when they think of that, they're probably going to send her in to be a customer, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But if I forget to follow up or I don't email or I'm doing that, then there's a problem. I'm losing that customer. So that's a very simplified lead capture follow-up sequence, right? I mean, it's literally on paper at the front desk using something like MailChimp to send out. I know you set up much more uh, elegant solutions than that, but that would work, right? And any business that does that is probably going to see like a 20% jump in in business right away. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the truth of the matter is um, campaigns don't have to be super sophisticated or super complicated to be successful. Something like what you're describing um, is just as good as, as probably 90% of the really complex campaigns that customers come to us asking us to build. And oftentimes we'll back them up and say, hey, look, let's simplify this a little bit because it's the, it's the simple process of following up that, that really makes all the difference. And if you can follow up in a targeted way, and that's where it starts to get a little more complicated. Like as soon as someone responds in a certain way, you change up the follow-up or whatever. But just keep it simple to get started. Um, and then don't hesitate to have what we call a call to action, right? So I love that you are leading with, with the content, right? Hey, here's some more tips on this. Here's more tips on that. But at the end of each email, I would have just like a slight little PS. Um, PS, we also offer services to do X, Y, Z, right? So just let them know what you do. Uh, if you'd like to talk to us about it, call this number or click here or whatever, right? And so just, it doesn't have to be pushy. It doesn't have to be salesy, but it's always there just as a reminder. So they know what to do as soon as they're interested. Yeah. I, I'm, I slipped back into a technician medical mode there. Like, oh yeah, I can't sell, but really uh, if I'm not selling, I'm not offering them the ability to take the next step, which they may need at that point. Absolutely. One of the things that we always tell our small business owner clients who are hesitant to sell is 
we'll just remind them like, Hey, how is it that you help people? And they say, well, I, you know, I'm a chiropractor. I fix their back or I, um, you know, I'm a lawyer. I fix their problems, whatever. Okay. Um, can you do that for free? No. Okay. So how do you help people if you don't sell them? Well, I can't. Okay. So you have to sell them to help them more. And the more you sell them, the more you can help them. And so, uh, you know, it's all, it's all, you know, part of the game and you just got to get comfortable with it and do it in a way that, that makes sense for you. Um, but don't ever hesitate to, to at least explain to people what you do and how you do it and how they can, you know, get your help. In just a second, we'll finish out our interview with Tyler Garns. But first, a message from Clinic Gym Hybrid. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist working long hours, worrying about lower repayments and missing out on quality time with your family? You can double your income without working more hours by adding a gym to your practice. Clinic Gym Hybrid Solutions has a step-by-step guide that dramatically simplifies and speeds up the addition of a fitness center and its monthly recurring revenue. In just six months, you can be on your way to freedom. Visit clinicgymhybrid.com today for a free downloadable PDF and complimentary consultation to get you started. That's clinicgymhybrid.com. Okay, so we have our three-step process. I'm going to set up my pricing and packaging. I'm going to kind of hammer down on my sales process and make it as smooth as possible, which is really just offering people that packaging and pricing and solution. And if they don't, if I don't have the solution, I'm going to offer them somebody else's phone number or contact info. And then the third thing is just set up some regular method of leads coming in, right? Whether that's Facebook ads going to your free report on six ways to uh, eliminate back pain, or if it's our free foam rolling class or whatever it is, right? Just something that occurs every week, every day. Yep. Okay. So that's the simplified plan. Now, Tyler, I appreciate that. And I want to switch gears a little bit. Let me ask this question. At Box Out Marketing, how, what's, the, what's kind of your average client size you work with? Like, are these small business owners with, you know, say, 10 or less employees and maybe a million and a half in revenue a year? Yeah, mo- most of them are probably a little bit smaller than that. Um, okay, great. Our average, our average customer is probably doing between two hundred dollars and $500,000 in annual revenue. They've got teams of, you know, one to five-ish. Um, Perfect. And this sounds area. like, yeah, I mean, this sounds exactly like most clinics that we see, most privately owned chiropractic and PT clinics are right in that same range, uh-huh. uh, doing similar revenue. So, so you've worked with these people a lot, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things that really struck me, and the reason I actually wanted to have you on the call was had absolutely nothing to do with marketing. <laughs> I saw you, your presentation at a big conference called Icon. Um, Tyler's still a big deal in the Infusionsoft community. Uh, and, and you were saying something that had nothing to do with marketing, had nothing to do with leads, had nothing to do with sales. You were saying that the reason that you automate these things, the reason you take this off the plate of the business owner I don't want to ruin it, is why? What, what really motivates you? Well, it's, it's all about, you know, spending time with those that we love and, and doing the things that we enjoy doing, right? And so what happens is small business owners um, start a business because um, generally it's a drive for some type of freedom, right? You, maybe you've worked for someone else and you, will, you know you can do it a better way or you want to do it a different way or whatever. Um, maybe you feel like there's more opportunity if you go you know, do your own thing. Um, but ultimately, a lot of it comes down to a, a, a drive for freedom. But so often, 
business owners get buried by their business. Uh, the, the burden of the business and making payroll and taking care of patients and clients and customers and everything, it becomes a huge weight uh, on the business owner. And uh, so our, you know, my passion and the reason we're in business is to help business owners get back to what they, what they wanted in the first place and the, the reason they started their business. And uh, I always tell people, look, you can, uh, you can, if you win at business, but you lose at life and, and we can like, you know, exchange the word family there. If you mm-hmm. win at business and lose at family, you lose at the end of the day. Right. Right. Uh, but if you, if you lose a business and you win at life or you win at family, you still win at the end of the day. Like, I don't believe that any one of us is going to be on our deathbed um, and be thinking, man, I really wish I spent more time at work. Um, that's just not the way it's going to end. Right. The right. way it's going to end is, is if there are any regrets, it's going to be regrets about not spending enough time with family and loved ones and doing things that we, that we enjoy. So, the purpose of all of the marketing and the sales and the automation and the campaigns and everything we do is to allow a little bit more freedom uh, back for the business owner so they can enjoy the things that are most important. Right. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't realize it's kind of like transcending out of the muck of sales and marketing and into what are you really trying to do here? The only reason that Tyler's saying step two should be establish a sales system is because when that becomes clear and easy and you can hand it off to somebody else, you get. 45 minutes, an hour and a half, two hours a day back. And maybe that means, you know what? I can pick my kid up from school today, or I can go to my daughter's dance recital, or I can go to my, you know, I remember when I was in the the darkest of days, man, I got a call. Hey, it's my birthday on Thursday night. We're all going out bowling from six to nine. And it, it was just I realized, man, I'm not free here. Like I can't go, I can't even leave here till 7.30 or 8. And, you know, by the time I get to the bowling alley, it's like half an hour left, everybody's drawn out. And it's like, this isn't what I wanted to do. This isn't why I went into business, right? It, it, so I'm glad you're bringing that up because I think that's a huge issue. That That's the end goal, right? Yeah, I mean, anyone who's listening to this call and they're kind of thinking, okay, Josh and Tyler, I, I get what you're saying. All this is good, but I've got this and that and this and that and, you know, 45 clients I need to see or patients I need to see. And like, it, you, you start to immediately like uh, justify why you can't go work on this stuff right away. Um, I would just invite you to check yourself. Um, I, I know how hard it is. I'm a small business owner too. I know how hard it is um, to to put some of these other things aside and go work on, for example, a sales process or a marketing campaign or whatever. But if you do, that is, those are the steps to working your way out of being buried by your business. If you don't take those steps, you will forever feel the weight of your business every single day, every single hour of the day, at night when you're sleeping, it never leaves, right? It is a burden that every small business owner bears constantly, but you start to work your way out of that as you build these systems and get things in place to feed the business without you having to go in and put in the effort every single second. Yeah. And so that everybody listening knows, you know, our, our kind of mission statement as a company is that we believe that great Kairos and PTs are under the pressure of constantly declining insurance reimbursements. So we guide them to add a gym to their clinic so they can provide the care they believe in, 
double their income without working more hours. And I say that whole line long thing, but it's very important. The last piece is without working more hours because inherently patient care is like this one-on-one event, right? That there's no way to do it one on 10. And because of that, a lot of people go, well, you know what? I'm saving for a house. So I want to make another 25 grand next year for the down payment. And the only way they think of doing that is I'm just going to increase the number of hours I work, right? And you're going to have a house that is an empty box of your soul. Like you're going to end up not wanting to go there, not being able to go there. So when I say like, we want them to help them double their income without working more hours, it's, you're going to add a gym and you're going to manage that. You're going to oversee that, but you're not going to be doing the work in the gym. And that also means, Hey, you're not going to be doing the work to close the gym leads that come in or do the sales in the gym. Right? So I think we're on the same page there as far as what we want for these people, because I love the fact that you're bringing up freedom. Like that is such an overlooked piece of business, but that's why you go into business in the first place. Yeah. I mean, the, the stats with small business, uh, small businesses are just um, very, very concerning, right? When you look at how many start and fail, and then even those that don't necessarily fail, if you look at the, the personal lives of so many of the business owners, they don't look great. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. A lot of broken families and whatnot because of the stress of the, of the business. And um, I love what you're doing here, Josh, because it comes back to helping people fundamentally with their lives through good business principles. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, man. And, and, you know, a few minutes ago, you said you would ask people to check themselves. One suggestion I always make to people is, schedule a two-day vacation, like go into a cabin in the woods or something like that, ditch your cell phone, ditch your laptop. And just after about 24 hours, you'll have great clarity as to what you truly want to do. Now you won't have great clarity at 645 sitting in your office, staring at the computer screen when your eyes are burning at night and you're overworked, right? Everything will seem intimidating there. But when you get some time away, remember that. I spent a week up in Lake Lake Tahoe um, fairly recently. And I would say that it was like a going through um what's this the hierarchy of needs maslow's hierarchy of needs like and by the end i finally felt like okay i know i'm clear about what i want to do i'm clear about what's going on and i'm clear about the next step and uh but i had i not taken that time off i never would have had that clarity so uh now uh, can, since this kind of got dark and i don't want to you know be a downer on everybody can you share a great story of a client who kind of you know, you helped them see the light, you, you, you helped them out of the, the, the small business seven days a week, you know, 365 for 12 hours a day kind of position and into something where I don't care about the revenue. All I'm caring about what, what did their life become? Yeah. So, uh, this one isn't necessarily in the, the health or, or fitness, yeah, that's realm, fine. but it, um, but it's just a one that we've been working on recently uh, that I think illustrates um, a, a lot of this in, in, in a really good way. So um, we, we we're helping a, a client who does uh, college planning for about 10 years. They've been build, building a college planning business. So they meet with, uh, with parents and their high school kids, and they help them through the whole process of figuring out what colleges to go to and the ap- applications and the essays and all that kind of stuff. And it's a one-on-one service. And they've been doing this for 10 years and they wanted our help in the marketing and all that kind of stuff. So we helped them, we helped them grow. We actually helped them double their sales in about a year. And they were ecstatic about that. At the same time, they were buried, right? They were, they were just way, way, way overworked. And so we talked about, okay, what are the next steps? You can 
start to hire and build a team. This was a husband-wife team, right? It was just the two of them in the business. And say, so, look, you can, start to, you can start to hire and build a team here. And so you can offload some of this stuff so that you're not so buried. You guys just stay focused on running the business, keeping the lead flow coming in and um, you know, building the brand and all that kind of stuff. And then you can have other people closing the sales and delivering the service. And you know, for various different reasons, they didn't want to do that. Um, and uh, one option that, uh, that they came up with was, hey, how about we take all of the knowledge that we have and we build it into a, uh, into a membership site? And we'll start to transition away from doing the services one-on-one and we'll deliver the service to thousands through, through the membership site instead. And uh, truthfully, I, I kind of cautioned them against it. I said, look, this is something that I've seen a lot of people try and do is work out of services into, you know, an automated model and it often doesn't work. Um, but they were pretty determined to do it. And so we, we put our shoulder to the wheel and helped them, uh, you know, make that transition. And now uh, I actually just had a, a meeting with, with Tom, this client yesterday. Um, now they're working about 75% less. Um, and he says that that work in and of itself is way, 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 way less stressful. Um, and they just surpassed their best year ever um, as a service business. But now all the revenue is this, uh, is this membership site. Um, and so, you know, it just goes to show that there are multiple paths. You know, they could have gone down the path of, you know, hiring a team and starting to delegate that work. And they would have ended up in a similar situation. Uh, for for whatever reason they didn't want to, and now they've transitioned a different way. But they they have gone from being completely buried, completely worn out, completely stressed by the business, to now living a life that they really really enjoy. Um, you know, their office is in Dana Point, uh, California. Uh, it's in the beautiful. Harbor. Yeah, yeah it's, in, it's in the harbor, and you know, they they wake up at whatever time they feel like. They have a nice little breakfast. They walk down to the office. They enjoy the harbor a little bit. Um, and then they, then they do some work and then, you know, early afternoon, they kind of start wrapping up and they walk home. And, and that is a life that they absolutely enjoy. Um, and I believe that that is possible really for every business, uh, every business owner, uh, if you take the right steps and you really focus on getting the fundamentals of the business solid and, um, and hiring the team or building the business in a way that allows you to have that freedom. So, so that freedom fundamentally came from, the thought of not, let's not just go one-to-one services like chiropractic and PT. Let's have build in a, a recurring revenue model and a very yeah. simplified version of that. Right. But that allowed them that freedom. And that's what we're all about is trying to get people to have that freedom because, you know, I remember being in school and <laughs> your long nights of studying early mornings, Saturdays, Sundays, you're taking all your board exams and you're thinking, man, when I get out, I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to do this and that. And, and it's just not the reality, you know, and it's heartbreaking. So you got to do something else other than just treat people. Well, Tyler, I know that we're getting up against the clock here. And I know that you're a busy guy. Um, uh, I just want to ask one, one last question, because I'd love to have your perspective on this. Sure. If you were starting a service business today, and somebody really was diligent about building out these systems in their, in their practice, and, you know, they got a little help here and there from maybe box out or maybe clinic gym hybrid they built systems. What do you think a service business could set as a revenue goal in a year? Do you think it can break the $500,000 mark? Do you think it could break the million dollar mark? You've seen a lot of businesses come through. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, those numbers are possible. Uh, I'll tell you personally how I know why. Um, I started doing the services we provide on my own five years ago. I brought two partners into the business two and a half years ago, one of which was a salesperson. I never had anyone doing sales before except for myself. And I'm not even a great salesperson. And as soon as I did that and got systems in place for sales, um, we went from doing about uh, $300,000 a year annually to 1.5 in the first year, 1.5 million. Um, Hold and, on real quick, because I think there's a lot of people listening that are probably in that 250 to 400 range. If you just look at what the average repayment is in insurance, it's going to end up right there. So that's gross revenue, right? Mm-hmm. And so the steps you took were establish a sales process and then ha- hire a person to run it, right? Hire a person to do sales. That, that was really the, the biggest fundamental change. And, and, so and it, tell us the revenue change again. We went from about 300,000 a year to 1.5 million in one so year. Only a five times growth. Only. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, a lot of people are looking for real estate to do that over uh, 78 years and you pulled it off in, in 12 months, right? Yeah, but, but here's why, right? As the business owner, you are the visionary, you're the driver of, of really everything in the business, but none of that stuff gets driven if you're buried with all the mundane stuff that's happening in the business, right? So mm-hmm. as soon as the, oh, also like generally, in most cases, the, the, the CEO, the founder of the business isn't a great salesperson. Um, they're a great technician or they're uh, really good with people or whatever, but they're often not great, great at sales. Um, plus, you just don't have the time for sales. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I took sales and I gave it to someone else who could dedicate full time to it, sales exploded. But at the same time, it allowed me to then go focus on some of the other things that needed to happen, like more product development and things like that, that I've been wanting to do for a long time. And then I was able to spend more time hiring and building out the team and training the team to do the stuff that needed to get done. See, I had had like a couple of freelance people working for me before, but I never really had time to train them the right way so that we could really go crush it. But once sales was off my back and revenue was coming in without me having to do anything, then I had time to do all this other stuff. And we built up to a team of about 16 people within that year, that first year, um, all because literally I would say the most important thing was hiring a salesperson. And, and I know that you love surfing with your boys. How much, how much more are you surfing with your kids now than back when you're making 300 grand a year? Yeah, quite a bit more. I mean, the, the year before I hired uh, Jeff and brought him in to do sales, um, I mean, I literally that year probably surfed with my kids um, outside of some specific surf trips. Uh, just here at home, I surfed with them maybe five times. Um, and, and now it's like one to two times a week. Wow. I mean, that, that right there is a perfect picture of what, what freedom is out there if they just take the right steps, right? For sure. All right. So if people want to get a hold of you, if they're like, man, I love Tyler. I love everything about him. And I love what he said about freedom. Oh my God, I need to change my life. I need to do it right now. How do they get started with you? Yeah. The easiest thing is just go to boxoutmarketing.com. And so you're saying uh, box out like in basketball, I box somebody out, right? Exactly. Boxoutmarketing.com and just click on request a consult and fill out the form there. Okay. And uh, guys, you Remember where Tyler's coming from. He's saying he want, his company is all about providing you freedom. Now, to get to that freedom, there's probably some hard work along the way of setting things up and defining what you want and packaging and all that. But at the end, it's surfing with your kids. It's skiing with your family. It's, I have a friend and unfortunately his mom's sick. He's, he's able to leave every week 
Thursday at noon, spend Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday with her, and he comes back Monday mornings. That freedom is attainable. You just have to make the right fundamental moves in business to do it. And Tyler is here to help you if you need it. We're here to help if, if you need it. Tyler, any parting words for everybody? No, other than just go do it. Yeah, that's, it takes some work. So, well, Tyler, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. Guys, if you want to add a gym to your clinic, please reach out and we'll help you create that freedom. Tyler will help you with all your marketing, whether it's the clinic or the gym or both. And yeah, man, I can't say that word enough. Go get your freedom. So Tyler, thank you so much for being on today. All right. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.